Oh, I. I was Break gonna it do down. some freestyle there, but you know what? Wow, you're gonna you're gonna well you're gonna withhold the viewers of your freestyle just like we're withholding them of your sermon because we have not even gotten close to those requirements, whatever they were that we listed well, last time. Also, welcome back to Catechize. In a way, this Before is you good. do that, <laughs> welcome back to Catechize, the podcast where we discuss the historic Reformed confessions and catechisms. I am your host, Josh. With me, as always, is my co-host, the surviving post-sermon, St. John the Divine of Elsie, the patron saint of cows himself. Say hi crawling, to the people. <laughs> crawling out of the apocalyptic wreckage of my preaching, I live. It was a very good sermon, actually. <laughs> oh, thanks. I, I, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was very, yeah, it was cool. It was really good to hear to hear, hear you preach. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was, you know, I, to be honest, I didn't think it went too poorly. I, and you I, were right. <laughs> I, I, you might have been the shining star of the uh, of the intern fellow series. I that would be a little that would be a stretch, but. I don't know, but it it yeah it went pretty well I thought. Irregardless, John did well, and if you want the link, you're gonna have to put however many <laughs> things <laughs> I said about uh, likes and comments and shares and uh, whatever. So do those things. Well, to and, be honest, uh, I can't remember what all the requirements were. It was like four comments. No, it was like five five comments on Apple Podcasts. Five. Uh, <laughs> 10 <laughs> over 50 <laughs> likes on the instagram post uh, and yeah. five something else yep. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of work in which i think we were you're like eh, it looked like it someone put some effort in we'll throw it out there yeah but. regardless not enough effort has been shown so show some effort people uh also this episode is brought to you by uh milkshakes both of which are fueling john and i today after john's long day in class yeah i had a i had a full day of class today what were you what class was it it was old testament poets um, oh that was like the first one of the first classes i took really i did not super well <laughs> yeah, in my defense i was simultaneously taking greek and hebrew in another class and teaching full-time oh get dead yeah yeah that's a weren't, were you also it was also my first semester of seminary like so i was like how do you no, it wasn't that year oh, okay um <laughs> And I, I just didn't know how to be a good grad student. Anyways, enough yeah. enough excuses. Let's get down to business. To defeat the Huns. Bum, bum, New Mulan bum. movie came out and we're doing a review today. Yep. New segment, movie <laughs> reviews. <laughs> Before just we kidding. do read the question, I heard it's basically the same thing as the old one, except you take the fun parts out. <laughs> yeah, that's ah, fairly accurate. Um, oh, did you watch? Yeah, I have seen it. Um it has a lot of the it has some fun like i don't if anyone's seen crouching tiger hidden dragon it has some of the fun like that movie's known for like people like jumping 500 feet and like uh, um, just really like really martial interesting arts. wire work martial arts and it has some of that that's kind of fun but character and plot wise and yeah, song wise <laughs> no more fun yeah anyways um, that's our famous new segment, movie reviews that have nothing to do with God. <laughs> the catechism <laughs> or the faith. <laughs> so we are in our penultimate episode of season two, season two, episode nine. And we're discussing question 19 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Uh, and and it will kind of conclude our little section on sin. Next uh, next week is going to be an episode. The close of this season is going to be an episode that that looks forward to a discussion of Christ and His uh, work and redemption. So 
it'll be a little bit of a, a light at the end of tunnel slash some reformed heavy hitting theology. Yeah, next week uh, is week. gonna be is gonna be hefty. <laughs> yeah, it's like we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> and, yeah, um, but yeah, so so John, if you want to read the question and answer, and then I'll read it, and then, then we'll do the uh, do the old thing. Indeed, let me uh, see question nineteen. Yes. Is that correct? <laughs> we are prepared, I promise. I, I swear, I just forgot if it was 19 or 20. But, um, all right, here we go. What? Okay, so question 19. What is the misery of that estate whereinto men fell? And the answer is, all mankind, by their fall, lost communion with God, are under his wrath and curse, and so made liable to all the miseries in this life, to death itself, and to the pains of hell forever. Very dramatic. Forever. Another movie reference. Sandlot. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <New> again, <laughs> no. Again, the uh, the nineteenth question and answer of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is the misery of the estate wherein man fell? All mankind by their fall lost communion with God and are under His wrath and curse, and so made liable to all the miseries of this life, to death itself, and to the pains of hell forever. So this one's kind of yeah. This one's hefty. It is. It's weighty for sure. Just to for those who are tuning in and haven't listened in, whatever. This is continuing kind of the the past three ish have been um, question seventeen talked about this idea that there is in the because of the fall, mankind is in a state of sin and misery. Last week was the discussion on the sin, and this week is a discussion on the misery. So it's kind of like post fall we have these theological realities and now and now and practical realities and last week we talked about the theological realities what is sin and what are these doctrines of sin and now we're talking kind of about the the practical realities of the post fall world or in a better probably worded way the consequences of sin yeah (laughs) um the answer to that is misery yeah bad badness yeah bad Bad times. Not not what you want. High. Bad news bears, as we Yay! Have, as we, we haven't said in a, an episode or two. We got but. it. That's really exciting that we uh, that we said it again. We said the, <laughs> we said the thing. We who make this show <laughs> found a way that we could say it. <laughs> Great. So, um, in order to kind of talk about what this question is addressing, the the consequences of sin, um, we're kind of going to break. The question and answer in in two, and then subdivide some of that those halves. In, in, some of those halves, <laughs> subdivide one of those halves <laughs> a little bit more, with basically looking at the idea that there are both temporal or in space and time, day to day consequences of sin that we experience, and there's also an eternal or ultimate consequence of sin. Yeah. So let's let's keep with the order of the catechism, lest we confuse ourselves and yeah. others. Uh, but yeah, so they're basically idea that that is addressed here and summarized well and i think is is a pretty universally these are pretty universally used categories when discussing sin uh is that the temporal consequences the 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 consequences of sin and the fall in time that we suffer from and experience now basically affect humanity in humanity's relationship with god humanity's relationship with self or one another and humanity's relationship with the rest of creation that that uh that the the curse of the fall which we see in genesis 3 and the wrath of god which is um justly poured out and is being revealed 
as Paul says, and, and it's all, all throughout scripture, yeah. um, are the just consequences of the, of the fall and our rebellion against God. And we experience those consequences um, with our relationship with, to God and our relationship to other people and ourself and with creation. And so just, you know, yeah. So what, thus tackling them in that order, in that order. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of this is just good reminder and it's pretty straightforward so let's not let's try to not complicate it more than needs to be, um, <laughs> because it's it's pretty easy. Like yeah, because of sin, God, who is a holy and perfect God, has banished humanity from His presence. We can no longer dwell in the garden with Him. Yeah, and there's a lot of really cool biblical theology that can come from these discussions, where the temple or the 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 garden is like a temple where God dwells with man, and every other iteration of temple later is a a simultaneous reflecting on and looking back to Eden and looking forward to the new Jerusalem. And we see that there are parallels all throughout where, uh, throughout the the story of scripture where God's people are taken away from his presence because of, of their sin. Like Adam and Eve are basically exiled from the garden because of sin, no longer in communion with God. Israel is exiled from the promised land, both in their wilderness wandering after failing to obey God's, uh, command to go conquer the land. Um, Israel is exiled from the promised land again, removed from the place where they dwelt with God because of their sin at the exile. Yeah. And we are all, all of these little exiles where Adam and Eve are removed from the physical garden and Israel is removed physically from the promised land before and after they dwell there are all pictures of the greater reality of our exile that when Adam and Eve were removed from the garden physically, they were not just removed from the physical presence of God, but there is a, a genuine, there's a genuine, (laughs) (laughs) there's a genuine real, um, consequential rift and separation between humanity and God. Yeah. Um, like cosmically and, relationally and otherwise yeah we are separated from him it will yeah i think it's interesting we're separated from him because and this is fresh on my mind because it's a little bit related to what i ended up preaching about but we're separated from him because god is holy and we are not and so to be in his presence like we don't want to be there right like the israelites at mount sinai were just straight up like get away from us god (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. Don't talk to us. We're terrified. Um, yeah. They asked that God never speak to them, you know, um, because they were so afraid. Um, and that's because they were kind of faced most authentically with the reality of their <laughs> imperfection before yeah. the holiness of God, which every time that happens to a person, they are distraught. Isaiah, woe is me. Woe is me. And that's not like, oh, man, this is a bummer. Oh, dang it. It's like, yeah. Ah. It's like, I'm dead. Right. Or or Peter, yeah. Um, when I, I believe it's when Jesus calms the storm, or when he yeah, walks yeah, yeah. on water, I, it's one of the no, two. No, it's the storm. But Jesus calms the storm, and immediately Peter's like, "Oh, get away from me, from yeah. a man of unclean lips." No. And, or no, that might Isaiah. be Isaiah. That's Isaiah. What is what does Peter say? His ah, I forget what he says. But basically, if only there was somewhere to look it up. Yeah, that's it's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> but, um. Pulling nope. an old author of Hebrews in Hebrews 2 there. <laughs> somewhere. As it says, it says somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Peter essentially says something to that effect where he says, like, get away from me because yeah. I'm a sinner. Yeah. 
and I can't be in, you are God, I'm a sinner, I can't be in your presence. Right. I mean, that's kind of essential to all those basic, very simple presentations of the gospel that you hear. Like, you sinned, and people sinned, and so they're separated from God. And yeah, and, and maybe it's so commonplace that we forget the weight of that reality but but that's the, the there's a oh 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 that's right we were made to dwell with god mm-hmm. and so this the removal from god's presence is not just like an unfortunate thing yeah it's not like oh the guy who made us is farther away now like it's like your best friend moved to arizona or whatever it's like it's 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 tough to be away from the people you care about um, it's not that kind of separation. Uh, it's that, well, we'll talk about more about what the nature of the separation from God is, but like existentially we were created to dwell with God. And yeah. so by being removed from his presence, we are starved from the thing that sustains and brings us joy. Yeah. And God in his graciousness and mercy has perpetually drawn near to those who are separated from him. That's, the grace of God at Sinai and in the tabernacle and the temple and with Christ and with the Holy Spirit who indwells his people now. Yeah. But the the reality is, is that even every iteration of us dwelling with God is still not what it ought to be, what it once was and what it will one day yeah. be. It would and be like, this might be a little bit of a weird analogy, but we're going to go for it. King here. of weird analogies. Um, you. It would be like if every human in the world had rabies and God was the anti-rabies shot, and you take the anti-rabies shot away, the rabies just gets worse and worse, and we all die. Maybe. Was that helpful? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> Maybe it helps somebody out there. Uh, yeah. If that rabies analogy helped you, <laughs> just tweet at us and say, the rabies analogy helped. <laughs> but, <laughs> you never uh, know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, well, so one, kind of the flip side of that is not just like, were these like, oh, now we we can't be in God's presence, and we so want to be. Right. There's the other side. Oh, of that's it. a great trans. That's a. Thanks. That's a great segue to the next thing. Keep going. I was gonna say the the flip side of that is that we also the I mean the New Testament particularly talks about how we hate God. Yeah. <laughs> the, it's not just a separation from Him, but our natures have been changed to now include sin in our sinful in our sinful We're nature. We're running the other way. We are in rebellion against God. Paul in Ephesians 2, 2 states that as we are by nature children of wrath. Um, Thomas Watson in that, uh, the A Body of Divinity, that, that sermon series slash oh, yeah. book, he writes about how we, because of this enmity with God, hatred of God, rebellion against God, are now, our wills are ruled by Satan. Satan rules the will, and he says, John eight eighty four, uh, that the that um, we do the lusts of our father, uh, and in, in Acts twenty six twenty eight that Paul's preaching was to turn men from the power of Satan to God, and so it's not like your friend moved to Arizona and your sadie's far away, but your friend moved to Arizona and your sadie's moved away, and you also were created to be in to dwell with him in his presence and he was the one that satisfy you satisfies you and so existentially you're lacking and on top of that you are in active hatred and rebellion of him where your will is enslaved yeah. to the sin that you gave him to the rabies is getting worse <laughs> so that you don't want the shot even you despise the one who sure. wants to give you the shot yeah it's, it's, it clicks with me i don't yeah. i don't know if it works for you it's good <laughs> 
but but yeah i think that's i think that's interesting to think about because i guess like and maybe you can shed some light on this i i my first thought is why did why did sinning cause us to hate god uh, yeah that's wow wow <laughs> good yeah, thank you no that's i mean it's because first initial thought would be to quote jesus <laughs> um <laughs> darkness hates the light yeah and and so by sinning we have plunged ourselves into darkness um we have embraced a sin and and perverted everything that is good even the good things we do are perverted by sin and we are ourselves again children of wrath by nature and so because so uh definitive of what we are now is sinful yeah and the darkness hates the light because the light exposes it we hate god who is a god of light yeah it's why jesus was rejected it's why adam and eve hid in the garden I have um a, i have a i have a second thought as well go on all right so well i in complete agreement with what you said. I think it also relates to the fact that when we rebelled against God, we showed that we wanted to be our own authority rather than God to be our authority. And so when God basically tries to put us under his authority, we despise him for doing that. We think he has no power over us or no right to tell us what we can do. Right, because we have dethroned him and taken his throne for ourselves. Yeah. Twilight of the Idols, as I like to say. <laughs> Very original Friedrich there. Nietzsche. <laughs> um, but yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love when people do that. And by love, I mean, I think it's so annoying when people are like, oh, this reminds me of the words of Aquinas on, uh, mm. in his oh, uh, third oh, volume oh. of the Summa. Yeah. You haven't read the Summa. (laughs) No one has. Aquinas hasn't even read the Summa. (laughs) Aquinas never read it after he wrote it. (laughs) Like many a seminarian's paper, am I right, John? (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, Is the paper good? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. So yeah, we are are at enmity with God, separated from him, enslaved to sin and death uh, by, by nature, children of wrath. And so clearly that... It, that relationship is is marred that is a miserable state of existence but the consequence also is is between is it it affects humanity and i don't i don't just want to say between individuals but it's also between one's self and one's self yeah <laughs> like uh anything your that, relationship and understanding of yourself is worsened and damaged right. by the fall yeah and any so like hatred of others is a consequence of the fall hatred of self would be a consequence of the fall uh, the the any sort of abuse or conflict or not like a, a super generic benign version of conflict like like sports yeah where you're in conflict against the other that's not <laughs> That's not what I mean. Conflict, yeah. That, yeah. Injustice. All of the things that we hate about life <laughs> are because of the fall. And this, I think the the weight or the thrust of this question or this episode or an understanding of these ideas really ought to sober us to the realities of sin, to the realities of our own guilt and, and wickedness mm. and grow in us a love of God and the gospel and a desire for others to know it. And it's just, cause it just, it like, it's like heart wrenching to see people suffer under the consequences of sin and cry out against injustice and cry out against violence and hatred 
and do everything they can to solve those problems by themselves Apart all the while God. denying sin as an, as a thing and denying and re- rebelling against God and it's it's like you are so right that things are not the way they're supposed to be so come to Christ who is making all things new yeah but because we are haters of God that's not that easy <laughs> yeah i would well so the passage one passage that came to mind immediately was uh Titus 3 can you can you talk more into the mic? One passage that came to mind immediately was <laughs> Titus three. If this is Titus three three through seven, shout out to your older brother. This is his favorite passage. Really? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't going to read the whole passage, but I was just going to read the first section where it says, "At what? At okay, let me restart there." <laughs> <laughs> at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived oh, in malice and envy, being here. hated and hating one another. Gotta love that NIV. Let me read that again. <laughs> <laughs> I have that passage okay. like semi-memorized, for, for and anyone, that was horrible. <laughs> for anyone who uses the NIV, it's generally a good translation, so don't doubt Oh, yeah, yourself. yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it's bad. It's just I have that, uh, like, ever since your brother was like, this is my favorite Bible verse, I've, like, really thought on it a lot because yeah. it's really good. And I have it semi-memorized, and you reading that felt like foreign to me. <laughs> and because I interrupted you, I'm going to read it again. Do it. Because <laughs> I feel bad that people well, I didn't even get to share my thoughts either, but you know, go ahead. John, I'm going to read it so that you can share okay, your thoughts. fine. <laughs> For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led, ast- led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. Yeah, okay. I don't know if that was better, but it worked. Um, Share your thoughts. <laughs> but anyway, I think the I think the most interesting part of that for me, at least in this context, is that um, mine says being hated and hating one another, um, and I think that is how it is to be a human apart from Christ. And yeah. So it's never going to change. I feel like every like everyone has. Everyone who isn't a believer generally has some idea of like, if only we got like this to click and if only people realized this, not realizing that in their back door, they're propagating some other form of sin that is damaging the world. Like, or, you know, even an example would be like, if only there wasn't uh, like racial injustice or something like that. But then in the back door, we have so many people who in the name of defending you know, or f- opposing racial injustice are despising and tearing apart other people. Right. Rather yeah. than bringing them to their yeah. point of view. And so basically it just goes to show that there is no possible way we as sinful humans are ever going to reach any sort of like, uh, finally utopia, right. you know, on humanism and any sort of ideology or philosophy that promises heaven without God. Yeah. Will not get there. Yeah. Because. It's a bunch of children of wrath trying to, and haters of the light trying to bring peace and light. <laughs> and and that's not to say that non uh, non believers can't do good in the world, right? You or know? that like even uh, even those like like one of the most divisive things now is government and politics and people yeah. believing that basically that their party can bring about this peace. That, mm-hmm. that will solve all the problems. If only you on the right or you on the left or on whichever side is the other side. Yeah. <laughs> we could reach whatever. We could reach we could reach the truly great America. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever you want to say. And and it's it's just not gonna happen. But 
like Jeremiah instructs the Jews in Babylon, we are to live for the welfare of our city and, and care for uh, Babylon. And so it's, yeah, it's not that sinful people can't do good things. And it's not that human institutions can't coincide with gospel endeavors. Yeah. It's that apart from Christ, true Sabbath <laughs> yeah, it's, will not ever come. It's, you're never gonna, you're never gonna like perfect anything right. without Christ. Yeah. And so all of these things, all these failures, all these recognitions of wrong and all our failures to remedy them are just reminders that the conflict between humans is because of the fall. It's yeah. just a testimony to the truth of, of the Bible. And this is one thing that I point to often when people, people kind of challenge scripture. There's a lot of things you talk about the reliability of text, the reliability of, of the versions that we have, the manuscripts we have or, or things like that. And in partner with all those other things, this is not like some magic silver bullet that solves the yeah. thing. But one of the things that I try and talk about with people who challenge, like, why do you believe scripture? Well, it's like the truths that are taught in scripture to are the only things that make sense of the world to me. Yeah. That there is, there is no other way of thinking about people that explains why everyone has inherent dignity and yet everyone is so wicked. Yeah. <laughs> there is no other thing that explains our recognition of the world as not being the way it's supposed to be. Uh, it just, you, there's no other proposed ideology, philosophy or religion that makes that, that, that fits with the experience of the history and humanity. Yeah. Oh Yeah. I was I, that just reminded me of the I think it's Prince Caspian quote and I'm sure you've heard it basically it's some Aslan says something like you're a you're a son of Adam and that's that's both um, shame enough to bow the head of the greatest king and or glory enough to raise the head of the lowest beggar or something yeah, like yeah. that and the idea being only Christianity finds that thing where every human is of value every human is important but also every human is completely and deeply flawed. Right. And it's because things are not the way that they're supposed to be. It's misery. Yeah. Ah. Eh. I don't, I feel like I'm not doing justice to how much this just devastates me to review and to think about. Yeah. But, but yeah, the fall has caused a rift between man and, and in God and man and man, and also between man and creation that every sort of, thing there's tons of wildfires and horrible things happening with hurricanes and other natural disasters we're literally in the middle of a pandemic disease is something that's on the mind of many yeah all of these things are because of the fall they are not some and this is one of the biggest flaws with darwinism is that all of these things are not bad with a darwinistic understanding they yeah. are what they're the refining fire that i guess brings about the survival of the most fit yeah and and in our in our honesty, we recognize that for the world to be on fire and places to be getting wrecked with hurricanes and pandemics to be sweeping across the world is not right. It's not yeah. good. It's not, it's not, even though they're natural disasters, they are not natural. They are alien to our world. And when we recognize, when we recognize the out of placeness of, the violence in humanity and the violence in nature, we are speaking testimony to the, to the truths taught in scripture. Yeah. That, that sin has plunged all of creation into a state of misery. Mm -hmm. And when we 
cry out against the injustice brought by humans or cry out against the the devastation of disease and natural disaster we are proclaiming the truth that we know in our hearts that the world is not how it's supposed to be it is in a state of misery when it was supposed to be paradise mm-hmm. um i think yeah, yeah I, it's interesting to think about natural disasters in that way because if they if they are truly natural then really we shouldn't be like oh no it's a you know it's killing people we should be like ah good old nature doing some cleanup you know <laughs> like i don't know that that would be like the natural understanding that's how the world works oh well yeah. you know instead it's like this pandemic is the worst like <laughs> it is bad people are right. dying it's hurting people in Even more though, ways than yeah. just disease like yeah yeah no it's it, it's devastating yeah and it's yeah i don't know so things are not the way they're supposed to be and this is paul in romans 8 like all of creation groans um for the revealing of the sons of god because when when that paul's talking about when when all things are made new every even creation is groaning to be made new under yeah. the burden of sin Ah, <laughs> creation doesn't like it now either. Right. Yeah. And kind of uh I think the chief consequence, the consequence of the uh of of the violence and hatred and wrongness and fallenness and misery of human relationships and as well as the deepest consequence of the misery of the relationship between man and fallen creation is the reality of temporal death mm. that the wages of sin is death that the consequence of eating the fruit of the tree is death and physical death is a reality for everybody everybody even those who are in christ and so as we transition to the ultimate uh eternal consequence of sin which is the second death the, the eternal death mm-hmm. we have to remember that that death is physical death is the biggest temporal consequence of sin to be suffered by all and like hurricanes and pandemics and wildfires and injustice between humanity between members of humanity between persons i can say it weird (laughs) (laughs) um like just like all of those things we cry out against because they are not natural they that we we recognize their alien nature so we hate them Mm mm-hmm Death is the most unnatural thing to exist. One of my professors and fellows, he's a he's at McLean Prez, said in one of the classes we took my fellows year, he's talking about fellows being a program that Josh and I did for a year. It's yeah. like a it's a nine month uh, leadership and development program. Continue, Josh. <laughs> Great advertisement there. Um, good clarification though. <laughs> uh, he was talking about how he gets really frustrated when people at funerals just kind of say or comforting people who have lost loved ones. Well, death is just a part of life. Like that's not good news. That's <laughs> horrible to hear. The good news is that death is the most unnatural, alien, foreign thing to all of existence. Mankind mm-hmm. was not meant to die, and because of the work of Christ, death will be put to death. Death itself, the final enemy to be defeated, will be done. That we can have hope that the good news of the gospel and the good news we can offer to people mourning is that death shouldn't exist. You are right to mourn that it exists. It's not just a part of life. It shouldn't be. Yeah, And because of Christ and what he has done, because of the mercy and love of God, death will not last. Yeah. That's way better news. Oh, yeah. Because it's true. <laughs> that makes me think that's like the resurrection right there. Because in the resurrection, this is not the normal. This is not like, okay, this is just a weird way to think about it. But I like 
sometimes it helps me to think about it as Jesus fighting a dragon. And well, the, the, uh, the John the the Revelator <laughs> thought about it. Uh, yeah. Well, way. basically, Jesus stabs the dragon of death as he's dying, but in killing the dragon of death, death no longer has any power, and so he comes back from the dead, having defeated death. Kind of a weird way to think. It's almost about like it, you've but... read First Corinthians fifteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's the good news in the midst of all of this. Yeah. But there is a greater bad news with the eternal consequence of sin that we should touch briefly. Yeah. And then next week is the, is the, the opening uh, the appearance of the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So this, this miserable episode, the vaccine for kind rabies. of a pun, oh, but sure. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't uh, know why I don't like that. It's not bad. Um, it, it is this reality of hell that separation from God's presence, this, the, like all of the little exiles, that that we see in history that point to the greater exile of man separated from God because of the mm-hmm. fall point to an even greater separation where Satan, all of his angels and all of those in in humanity who are in Adam, uh, who are not in Christ do suffer punishment in hell forever. The Bible is clear on that. And it's, this is a really unpopular doctrine to maintain that yeah. so many people want to have workarounds um, sound cheerful that yeah uh, that uh well you can be saved from hell or once you suffer long enough you'll you'll go to heaven or once you suffer long enough you'll cease to exist um that there are all kinds of ways that people want to get out of this idea of of eternal torment and punishment or that god mm-hmm. would never send anyone to hell actually um but this if god is god loves people he wouldn't send them to correct. hell yeah yeah and yeah. this notion first of all it comes from our rebellious hearts our hearts that are that are enslaved to sin and death and Satan and re- in rebellion against God, that, that we cry out against his justice. <laughs> we cry out for justice. And when God offers what true justice is, we recoil because we are the darkness yeah. of the darkness. And, um, and to reject or to say and to deny this idea of hell and eternal torment is first of all, to reject the Bible's clear teaching on hell that it is fire and quenchable, that you're a cast there forever, that is the second death and mm-hmm. and so on. It's prepared for Satan and his angels and those who follow him. And, and there are so many passages about hell where it is unending and that that can't seem just. And there are two points of, I think, clarification that I've had taught to me that I think are helpful. They don't make it like any more joyful. They don't make it more fun, <laughs> yeah. But they do... Uh, help us to understand as much as we can the justice of God sending people to hell. And the first of that is, is that yes, our lives are finite and we are finite beings, but we have sinned against an infinite God. Mm-hmm. And so to punish us, that punishment fits the offense. And also there is a lot of people have this conception that, that will stop sinning after death. Once we are once, if you are in hell, that you'll stop sinning in hell. And th- there's no, if you are, the the Bible says that God will raise up everyone on the last day, some to eternal life, some to eternal judgment. And there is no sense in which if you are unregenerate and you are in sin and sent to hell, you are still a child of wrath and a hater of God. Yeah. And so I think C.S. Lewis also captures this um, in The Great Divorce, maybe. I was just thinking of The Great Divorce. Where we, yeah. like, as you're being punished by God eternally justly for your sins against the infinite god you are still raging in hatred against him yeah. 
accumulating on yourself more and more sin which which is right to be punished and so your eternal punishment coincides with your eternal rebellion against god and so he is abundantly just to punish you who have and continue to and will continue to rebel forever against him and his infinite perfection yeah yeah no i think yeah i was thinking of that as well the basically in the great divorce hell is this like world that that everyone exists in but everyone hates each other no one like isolation reigns no one no one likes each other basically it's just like pure isolation hatred of one another hatred of god hatred <laughs> yeah and so if you're continuing to sin and will continue to pun- yeah. be punished and you still do not want god in yeah. hell and the thing is, at that point, you know God exists. It you do not deny God, but you hate Him. Yeah, your <laughs> hatred is is exposed more. Yeah, clearly, I guess. In the end, every knee will bow and every tongue confess, but it doesn't mean that will be out of love and adoration and worship of right. God as your Savior. Yeah, it'll be because you can't deny it. Yeah, and we get and you sad. Still hate Him. We yeah. get sad glimpses of this. I'll, I, I've I listen to a lot of debates and stuff, and and you'll hear some of the more staunch atheists say things like i don't believe in god and if the god of the bible exists then i hate him and i think he should burn in hell and so it's like atheists some atheists who say things like that they give us a picture of what people truly believe yeah (laughs) that they hate the god of the bible as as paul says in romans 1 and makes clear and yeah, that would be people in hell eternally yeah. with, with that continuous rebellion and hatred of God. As we say that, though, that's <laughs> not something any Christian celebrates in the sense of... No, and it's not something like God does not... Delight. God does not delight in, in, in sin and punishment. He is just, and so he... he it is good that he punishes. Yeah. And he doesn't like... He's not like, well, I wish I didn't have to do this. He is glorified. Yeah. He is glorified in the punishment of sin and sinners and death. But it's not that he is like sadistic. When you think of the Old Testament, the amount of times he could just annihilate the Israelites for their thorough, yeah. long-lasting unbelief is like basically like within always. five men, minutes of them becoming it's a always. people. There's never a time. Yeah. yeah. But the amazing thing you see about God is that he is always offering a chance. Um, One of my professors at seminary talks about how with Jeremiah, Jeremiah is just prophecy after prophecy, basically coming right before the fall of Jerusalem when Israel gets like totally thrashed. And his prophecies are like, you're dead. You're going to be punished by God. But there's still like, Basically, as the city is getting invaded, the, Jeremiah is still prophesying, repent, turn back to God, and he will save you. He, yeah. he wants to forgive you yeah. if you turn to him. Yeah. And so, like, he is eternally looking to offer forgiveness for those who turn to him. Yeah. But yeah. but not yeah. for those who so refuse and we're not, hate him. Yeah. We don't, it's not that you, like, like the doctrine of hell. Yeah. But I do like that God is just, and I do believe that he is glorified in the punishment of sinners. And so I rejoice that the just God does what is just and trust that he has ordained and, and, and decreed all things 
justly and perfectly yeah and and will be glorified in all of it and know and know that i don't know how much wrath my own sin deserves yeah and and so again this idea that that sin and like look back at how much we hate the experience of sin in this life god is the infinite creator who made everything good and we ruined it and we've sinned against him and others and he is just to punish us for that yeah yeah so god is just that is good that doesn't make the discussing of the outworking of his justice easy to swallow yeah but it does make it good and it's always good i think one a good final reminder is basically just that we all deserve that for our sin every human deserves that the only reason we who believe in christ don't receive that is because christ takes it for us he takes the punishment that we deserve right and gives us the reward of his perfect obedience right so with that being said let's move to the next segment Let's do it. Cheery old time. No, I love this hymn. We're back to a hymn. History of the Week this week is a hymn again. Nice. It is the hymn uh, by Anne Steele. Uh, it is Dear Refuge of My Weary Soul. Mm-hmm. And I thought that this was fitting for such a miserable episode. <laughs> uh, and, and this is the hymn here. Dear Refuge of My Weary Soul, on thee when sorrows rise, on thee when waves of trouble roll, my fainting hope supplies. To thee... I tell each rising grief, for thou alone canst heal. Thy word can bring a sweet relief for every pain I heal. But oh, when gloomy doubts prevail, I fear to call thee mine. The springs of comfort seem to fail, and all my hopes declined. Yet, gracious God, where shall I flee? Thou art my only trust. And still my soul would cleave to thee, though prostrate in the dust. Has thou not bid me seek thy face, and shall I seek in vain? And can the ear of sovereign grace be deaf when I complain? No, still the ear of sovereign grace attends the mourner's prayer. O may I ever find excess and breathe my sorrows there. Thy mercy seat is open still. Here let my soul retreat. With humble hope attend thy will and wait beneath thy feet. Boom. I love that hymn. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it is right to mourn and to grieve the the misery of sin in this life and as Anne in this hymn reminds us christ's mercy seed is always open to offer grace and help in time of need yeah so come to christ (laughs) yeah and um know the joy of forgiveness and the joy of life freed from the miseries of the fall and sin and death from the gracious god who though he is just and punishes sins has willed to punish his son so that many might be saved and the world redeemed and restored. And on that note, we, we uh, pivot to the heresy of the week. Heresy, heresy. Heresy, heresy of the heresy. week. Oh, shit. You really made that Harry Potter, didn't you? <laughs> um, today. Um, wow. wow. <laughs> today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Welcome to uh, puberty. Today. <laughs> no, Goodness t- gracious. That was not on <laughs> purpose. Broke the sound barrier. Wow. <laughs> All right. I want to just today. insert that today. clip on repeat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Today. 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 Today, we're actually talking about a heresy. Yeah, um, a real one. Which. Well, it's not like a. His. I don't think it's like. There's no council that was like deemed it heretical, but it's it's certainly heretical. It's, yeah, this is so. This one actually, yeah, this is a this is a legit, pretty legit heresy. 
and it is called universalism. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially what this heresy is, is that as the name sort of sounds like it implies, it's that everyone universally, all mankind will be saved. The, the logic kind of goes, God love the world so much that he would not let a single one of his created beings suffer suffer and so ultimately the death of christ which we believe which which we orthodoxly believe (laughs) is sufficient for all people they argue is efficient for all people for all people right so that everyone is saved in the end because god loves his people so much i actually it's funny i went to a wedding once and i didn't tell okay so i signed up i forgot to rsvp to this wedding you signed up for a wedding i signed up no i forgot to rsvp until like pretty late and so i was at this table of people i didn't know and i swear i did not tell them i went to seminary or anything and for some reason the kid next to me starts telling me he's a universalist huh and basically he said like yeah it seems kind of clear from the bible and what and the argument he used was um what i mentioned earlier with where paul says you know believe believe with or maybe i didn't mention this i don't think you did he says believe with with your heart that you will be saved and confess with your mouth and you will be saved i can't remember where the passage is but it's uh, romans 10 is it romans 10 so He said, well, there's that passage. And then in Revelation, it says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And he's like, therefore, in the end, everyone will confess the Lord, believe, and be saved. And, yeah, I was like. All right, I'm in. I don't don't think. Sorry, that's not a good joke. (laughs) I don't think. I'm not not in. (laughs) I was like, I don't think you. I don't think either of those is probably accurate interpretations of those passages that was right after i started seminary so yeah i was just like no you're definitely wrong yeah <laughs> no it's it's yeah but i mean we find what we want to believe and yeah. the doctrine of hell is hard so why not dodge it why not find a way to make it not so but yeah universalism everyone goes to heaven then the bible does up, not teach that at the wedding we ended up like fist fight brawling yeah it's like punching just him. like old saint nick you are not going to heaven no, just kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good thing to not say. Yeah. But yeah. No. That's it's. It is a real and and tragic um, heresy that I think is a really. It's a really strong testimony to the hearts of men who reject the truth for what we yeah. we want to hear. They'll no longer endure sound teaching, but uh, having itching ears will turn to those who, I guess, suit our preferences. Yeah. I mean, to, to be to be honest, like universalism sounds nice when we kind of set aside God's justice. Right. When we're like, oh, you know, it would be like, I mean, I would would like all people to be saved in the sense that I'm not just. And so I'm just (laughs) kind of like, yeah, that'd be good. But then when you think about all the sin in the world and and like all the evil people, and we are all evil people, (laughs) but you... Justice needs to be satisfied, and right. God makes that clear as part of His character. Yeah, and so and we, part of His will and salvation, and like yeah. Paul in Romans nine, that God will have mercy on whom He has mercy, and God willing to demonstrate His justice has patiently endured vessels for wrath. 
yeah for destruction and and so yeah it's it's there's a breadth of the fullness of god's glory that is displayed in the way that he brings creation to culmination and yeah and god and his perfect justice goodness has willed and other things has willed that that include the punishment of the wicked yeah um, not a fun doctrine but, but an good. important one yeah. and a good one yeah, yeah. cool well sweet what a miserable episode yeah well if you made it through that the truth the truth is good rejoice in the truth even when the truth is 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 a is a sadness inducing one but yeah sin sucks <laughs> yeah let let us look to hope and joy in christ who has conquered sin and death and we'll see you next week for that which is great news and 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 keep liking and oh, sharing yeah. and stuff so that john's sermon can be linked to a future episode <sighs> nope it's happening um follow us on instagram at catechize pod twitter also e- e- we don't have any questions from the catechumens this week shoot us an email at catechized at gmail.com so we can do that uh leave mm. us some little comments or likes or things let us know what you think so that we can continue to serve and love you well um yeah have a have a good week yeah have a good week okay catechize your <laughs> kids bye <laughs>